Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Hello, darling. This is Louis, darling. It's so nice to have you back where you belong. You looking swell, darling. I can tell. What a bright and breezy start to Jazz Shapers Day. Louis Armstrong and the All-Stars. Hello, Dolly. Thank you very much for joining me, Elliot Moss, on Jazz FM every Saturday morning, the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, soul and blues, alongside their equivalents in the world of business. My business shaper today is Michael Saunders. He is the managing director of Bibendum. That's the wine business. If you didn't know, you'll be hearing lots from him very shortly. In addition to hearing from Michael, some words of advice for your business from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. And on Top of all of that, of course, and very importantly, some brilliant music from the shapers of jazz, soul and blues, including Astrid Gilberto, Albert King, new music from Snarky Puppy, and this from Betty Hall Jones, Buddy, Stay Off That Wine. Now, drinking wine is an old, old thing. You've heard of the Queen, even the King of Egypt used to sip it now and then. But they didn't get drunk and fall on the floor and turn and run smack into a door like some of these modern wine drinking men. They drank their wine from a silver mug and not somebody's old That was Buddy Stay Off That Wine from Betty Hall-Jones. What fun. Michael Saunders, of course, is my business shaper today, as I mentioned earlier. He is the managing director of Bibendum Wine and has a bit of a story to tell as well. How did you get into the wine business, Michael? Thank you very much for joining me, first, I should say. My pleasure. Um, How did I get in? It was purely by accident. So I was a young guy just being kicked out of a country in South America and needed a job, so ended up in a store in, in Manhattan. And that's what year? That was 1982. So the war in the Falklands. That's right. Yeah. I, my, my intended career came to a juddering halt. <laughs> what were you doing there? I was I was riding. I was just I was um, just riding for a living and wow. hoping to to play polo professionally. And that was the idea to stay there for a couple of years. But at just 18, you don't think there's going to be a war on your horizon. So that changed everything. So from there, you went to where? Managed to get out on a plane after the war actually started. Got to New York. And um, found found a job, as I say, in a company called Sherry Lehman. And there, you, that's a, a, a wine business. Fine yeah, it's wine a very business. it's a very famous one of the oldest shops in in America, actually. And then that didn't last massively long. Um, I thought that three months there or so, I found New York slightly bigger at that age than I was. So I came back to London with the tail between my legs. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's a pretty scary place if you're a young man or a um, young woman. I well, too many opportunities, I would say, rather than scary. <laughs> Michael, you're a brave man, I'm sure. Tell me what then. Then you get back to London, yeah, and you've had you've dabbled a little bit in the wine business, yeah, and then what happens? Then um, there was this business opening in in Primrose Hill called Babendum, and I knew one of the founders' brother, and they were looking for people to drive the van, sweep the floor, do be a general dog's body, and so that's what I did. Now, Babendum, of course, today. 250 employees, uh, are roughly £185 million, pounds, or at least that was a, probably a stats a couple of years yeah. ago. It's probably gone up since then as well. You're selling it in the on-trade, you sell it in the off-trade, the major grocers, the airlines, the hotels, a phenomenal business. When it began as that fledgling idea, how, how it was only about a year old when you joined it, is that That's right? That's right, yeah. So we had no idea. Well, I, I, if you'd asked me then, would I still be there sort of 32 odds two years later, there'd be absolutely no chance. So, um, yeah, I had no idea. Now, 
people say, or you have said, apparently, Bibendum is in your blood. Why is it still doing brilliantly well 32 years later? We're going to go into a lot more detail about that, but why, in a nutshell, do you think your business is succeeding? I think one of I think I'm going to quote somebody else actually one of the founders who uh, exited the business in the 80s he tells me that we still stay true to the principles we had then which is really real passion real quality great customer service and a true love of the business Sounds very simple. When I think it is. People like Michael say it. Much more coming up from him. Uh, Michael Saunders, my business shaper, managing director of Bibendum. Time for some music. This is Agua de Bebe from Astrid Gilberto. <laughs> Astra Gilberta and Agua de Berber. Michael Saunders is my business shaper today. If you were listening earlier, I hope you were. He is the managing director of Bibendum. They are the wine people, and massive they are too. Though with only one actual, one facial, one physical fa- uh, place on the high street, which is which is interesting in its own right. Just give me a little bit of uh, explain a little bit about what the business does because it's pretty different from those early days back in the eighties. Yeah, so we um, principally sell to other businesses. So be they multiple retailers, independent wine shops to restaurants, hotels, sports grounds. So a very wide covering across the UK. So I've got people from Cornwall through to Aberdeen and obviously quite a concentration in the southeast. Now, your first um, contract, I yeah. believe, was with a restaurant called Odette's, That's which correct. is in Primrose yeah. Hill, still there. Yeah, you go to it, I hear. I've, I've been to it a couple <laughs> of times. Uh, people have seen me there. Not very often, obviously. It's a good place. It's a lovely place. What happened? How Do you remember nailing that first contract? I remember it really clearly because we were fortunate. The restaurant revolution in London was really happening in the mid-80s. So places like River Cafe, Caprice, Ivy, they were all opening up. They wanted they wanted a point of difference to what was generally available. So they came to fledgling wine businesses, which were opening then, and um, we managed to get a toehold in the in the on-trade game. And, and so when Odette's um, came on our radar screen quite early, we managed to convince them that we had some things that are worthy of putting on their list, and we haven't looked back. How did you convince them? You're a young business. They don't know. You've got no track record. What is it? Well, there, at that time, there was um, a very inspirational manager there called Russell Joffe, who's since gone on to do great things. other restaurants, hasn't he? He's Cafe Flow very well, and most recently, Giraffe, Giraffe which he still right. runs. Yep. And I think he's one of the truly talented restaurateurs of, that, I, that I've come across. And what did you say to him? So, take yeah, it. take it. Take a punt. And he did. And what was it? Do you remember even, I mean, this is going I back can't the remember way. the name of the wine. I can remember carrying lots of it in over the years, but I don't remember the name of the wine. Now, that's a good beginning, obviously. That's a decent restaurant, but it's still small. Yeah. Those first few years, what would you think the the moments when you went, hold on a minute, oh, this God, is it looking was, good? Well, I think more more often you look, this is looking bad, because we weren't very well set up to supply the trade. So we had rather... Um, a casual workforce approach to getting to restaurants on time. So we used to have lots of complaints about delivery men turning up during lunchtime, which, of course, nobody nobody wants. Well, yeah, you don't want to see lots of lots of deliveries coming in while you're eating your food. So we did we did have quite a lot of bumps on the in the early days, but gradually worked through it, and the business has expanded. Much more coming up from Michael, my business shaper. Latest travel in a couple of minutes, but before that, some words of wisdom from our program partners at Mishkondorea. Hello, my name is Derville Walsh. I'm a partner in the contentious banking and finance practice at Mishcon Dorea. I specialise in banking disputes, predominantly working for borrowers or customers who have issues with their banks or difficulties with their banks. Two practical tips I would give to all customers who engage with their banks 
are one, firstly, when starting a relationship with the bank, uh, particularly when securing funding, it's absolutely critical for borrowers to get professional help, whether it's from accountants or lawyers, to ensure that the terms of any lending are not very, very disadvantageous from the borrower's perspective and advantageous from the perspective of the bank. A second tip I would give to all customers or borrowers dealing with banks is to take notes of all sorts of communications or any engagement with the bank. In some cases, people have good relationships with their relationship manager and it can be relatively informal. So a lot can be done on the phone. In any situation where the bank gives an undertaking or makes a promise and that is communicated by a relationship manager over the phone, that should be documented by the borrower slash customer so that if there is a situation in the future where there is a dispute about that, that record can be produced and it can remove all doubt as to what was or wasn't agreed. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning you can find us here on Jazz FM. That's online or on your mobile phone and probably on Sky as well. You can also go back into the annals of history, into iTunes and check out all probably 100 or so fantastic business shapers I've had on the programme. Or if you're on a British Airways flight, you might catch us there or at ft.com or even cityam.com. Honestly, there'll be nowhere left to hide soon. Michael Saunders is my business shaper today. He's the managing director of Bibendum, a big business business now. It was a small business back then in the 80s, but it's now properly big. It's got hundreds of millions of pounds and, and hundreds and hundreds of staff and doing extremely well. Michael, we were talking about your first contract and the and the bumps on, you know, p- people arriving late to deliver the wine and so on and so forth. Was there a moment beyond the bad stuff or the bumpy stuff where you went, I think we're working out how we can make some money, how we can make this work for us on a, on a bigger scale? The, the, the really important thing for us was the first move into national accounts and by national accounts I mean people who who have structured buying and who have multiple outlets so obviously getting the first one is the most difficult because some buyer will say well I like what you say but who do you do with it already and if you don't do it with anybody already you have to really get somebody to take the leap of faith we managed to do that about nine or ten years ago and that was with a very big caterer you've probably heard of called Compass. Um, we've, we're still with them. They're a very valued um, client of ours. But they they did it. They came with us. And that really was the signal that we could we could change gear. So in reality, you spent, I mean, people talk about the, uh, you know, the overnight success of a business. You spent a good 15, 18 years working very hard in probably smaller accounts. That's it. And there was a seminal moment when it went national. What would be your advice to someone who's listening who's in that situation where their business is good, they've got principles that they adhere to, they've got quality, but they haven't got scale yet? How did you think you, apart from the luck of gaining you know, an enormous client? Well, what is it's luck. But <laughs> yeah, hard work. The, or... I, think the, I think there are two things, really. <laughs> One is um, stay with it. If you've got an idea, you believe in it, don't assume it's going to happen overnight. The second thing that we really did is we had to take the decision to scale up to prepare for a business like that rather than just scale up after you've got it. And that's the that's the leap of faith you've got to have in your own business. And the scaling up meaning what in your staff, instance? process, systems, capabilities. So you get the house working. You got it. But you've got a that's investment, isn't that, it? That is the risk. So And at that point did you look externally for investment or was this from the pockets of the owners and that's and that's that we do that all internally. And is that, a, I mean, people again often often um, ask around this, well, is it better to ask for other people's money? Is it better to do it yourself? What's your position on that? I think if you can do it, do it yourself. And I think that's the ultimate test of your own faith in your own business. Much more coming up from Michael, my business shaper. Time for some music. This is Tio Makako from Snarky Puppy off the new album, We Like It Here. And they will be playing, of course, at our Love Supreme Festival later on this year, first weekend in July. 
Theo Makaka from Snarky Puppy. Michael Saunders is my business shaper, and hopefully you've been hearing his wise words about what it takes to grow, whether you should invest with your own money, whether you should invest with somebody else's. You've won lots of awards, or your business has, and you have personally. Um, Man of the Year. Oh. In, in in the drinks business, 2009, not bad. There are foolish judges out there. They're very foolish. Obviously, you, you plied them with lots of good wine. Exactly. Drinks Business Awards, 2013 Drinks Company of the Year, the Sommelier Wine Awards, New World Merchant of the Year, Restaurant Magazine Chefs. Uh, these are great, and obviously we all know that awards are limited in some reason, for, at some level, but they reflect something that is inherently good about the business. How have you retained that quality when you're still driving both pr- probably revenue and margin? Because it's not, di- not easy to do that. No, it's hard. I think... Um Again, I think it's really quite straightforward. I think you've got to bring in the best talent that you can and then really empower them to do the job in the best possible way. So what I try and I see my role really is facilitating their success and staying out of their way as much as I can. Now, you're obviously a a really good manager of people because there's a lot of people. Um, if, If I was to take your senior team aside and say, what's Michael like? What do you reckon they'd say? A pain up the backside, probably. <laughs> and why? Because you're relentless, you don't let go, you want it to be right, you tell them when it's not, that kind of thing? Well, no, on a serious basis, what I try and do is make, make sure they're very clear on what, what we want to do, how we want to do it, and then let them get, get on and do it. I, I, I want people around me who complement my own skills and who don't need um, very close management. Now, 2008, recession comes. Big decisions need to be made. Really? What did your business do at that point? Because obviously a lot of businesses were laying off people. We um, decided to stick with it. We took a view. The board got together very quickly. We obviously had quite a big problem with the currency collapse at that stage because we buy everything in foreign currency. And our hedging program is normally very robust. It didn't withstand that onslaught. So we had a decision to make, either to follow other people and cut or stay with the program. We decided to stay with the program for, for the medium term. And I think that is very significant in terms of what our capabilities are now. Five, six years ago, when that when you realised that things were collapsing around you, as you said, you were exposed on a, from a foreign, foreign exchange perspective. That's a physical and emotional hit, I imagine. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing. It's, uh, I couldn't disagree with you. <laughs> what did you... How did you deal with that, personally? Uh, a couple of bottles of wine. <laughs> and apart from getting blind drunk, Michael... I didn't say that, you did. No, you didn't, it's I true. I drink very sensibly. But, but, but I mean, in terms of who, do, who would you have lent on at that moment? I had a, I, I've been lucky. I've had two chairmen in my career. Um, the one at that time was incredibly supportive. He's very experienced. And really, he was a very good shoulder to lean on. And that, and you're really that was a key, a key person. Absolutely that. fundamental. Because the important thing was to, to keep the really good spirit for my team. So I had to have a shoulder to cry on, and he was that. Oh, brilliant. Everyone needs one of those. Final chat coming up with Michael, plus a track from one of the three kings of blues, that's Albert King. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was born under a bad sign from Albert King, as I said, one of the three kings of the blues. Michael Saunders is my business shaper, just for a few more minutes. Michael, we talked about the recession. We talked about the importance of your chairman and that person in in your business life you could lean on so that your your team around you weren't necessarily seeing the whole warts and all of Michael having a mini breakdown (laughs) as, as things fell apart around you and then you've rebuilt them brilliantly. 
you've diversified as a business. Um, always risky, isn't it, when wine is the core business and then you start doing some other things? I mean, tell me a little bit about that. Well, there are two things that we've done, I suppose. Over about eight, nine years ago, we dipped our toes into the spirits world, which is always something I promised myself and everybody else in the business I'd never do. We've done it and it's going incredibly well. And the demographic change is that a lot of the young people are drinking spirits and we happen to be very well positioned for that uptake now so that that's pretty exciting and in fact we're launching just next month a range of sake which um is obviously given the restaurants in london is is going like the clappers and some craft beer we're bringing up some craft beer with a couple of partners in in one in bath one in one in um cardiff so we've got some interesting product um diversification the thing that has been interesting was about three years ago we decided to give birth to a new little um, diffusion business, I suppose you could call it, called The Wandering Wine Company, which is creating the perfect serve of wine in cultural, sporting and outside events around the UK. And, what, and how, when, when you come up with these, both these ideas, and let's take the, the Wandering Wine Company for a minute, where does the source of that idea come from? Well, I always claim the good ideas as my own, but actually <laughs> I think that was pretty much a team effort. So a, a group of people seemed to come to the same conclusion at the same time we found somebody who would be really good to lead that business and three years on we've got a cracker on our hands and it's you know it's really exciting to start a small business again and to see it really develop some roots and get some real traction but d- does that idea come from these are the trends going on in the market let's have a look at them this is what we're hearing as we as we walk around town and walk around the country and people are saying i mean where where exactly is- well that that one we particularly saw i don't know if you well you probably do go to sporting events the catering got much better so the food was good there's always a champagne bar there's always a real ale bar but you wanted a decent glass of wine it generally wasn't available so we thought we saw a, a, an opportunity a gap in the market one that would be com- com- consistent with what we want to do our clients to do and yeah it's 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 seeded and going and do you see yourselves as an innovative company will there be more of these will i you know if we talked again in five years would you say i'm really pleased to sell it there's at least there's two more of these this is called x this is called y or is it not about no no big time i'll give you an example just before christmas we launched a free app which no doubt you've got on your phone if you haven't you should do it's called plonk and it's not branded with at all but it really helps people navigate the intricacies of wine and it's going unbelievably well with not much push so we're constantly trying to think of new things to do that will really help people engage with our with what can be quite a difficult category and you still love it i'm absolutely passionate about it yeah now now the, your office is around the corner from a restaurant we both know well called lamonia and you were yeah. saying before about the main man there who said i if i stop doing this i'm gonna i'm gonna pop me clogs yeah <laughs> you're gonna be doing this in 30 years uh 30 years my wife would hope not but i can't <laughs> see myself stopping let's put it that way fantastic stuff just before i let you go michael what's your song choice and why have you chosen it um I've chosen it really because I wanted something connected with the business. In 2012, we um, we organised a charity ball all internally on behalf of um, MS Society. We're very big on having a company charity. So we did a big ball. It raised 50 grand in one evening for the charity, just ourselves. And the correspondence came to play. And one of the songs they played was Washington Square. So I thought, how apt as you were asking me about the business. Fantastic. Michael, thank you very much for joining me. This is your song choice. It's the correspondence and Washington Square. <laughs> Okay, I can understand the question when I dance this way. So 
afraid I said he said that's okay some other little something might be that was the correspondence in Washington Square, the song choice of my business shaper today, Michael Saunders, managing director of Bibendum. Passionate, honest, calm, and really, really interesting just how easy he was with making those big decisions, or at least with hindsight anyway. Do join me again for another edition of Jazz Shapers. That's next Saturday morning, 9am. In the meantime, though, stay with us here on Jazz FM. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal.